Fetch your earbuds and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Because it's a dog's life with pet and cannabis expert Angela Ardolino. Learn the best holistic practices from top pet industry professionals and listen in on why CBD might be a whole different animal for your best in show buddy. Here's your new best friend about pets, Angela Ardolino. Hey everybody, it's A Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino and I'm here joined again with Dr. Zach Pilosoff and we are, um, he's here visiting here our farm at Tampa. In Tampa, he um, is part of Fireflake Farm, which is my rescue farm and helps look at all my sick animals and go, hey, good job or what <laughs> are you doing that or what's wrong with that one? So we appreciate him so much, but the best part about him is that he has studied and knows all about the endocannabinoid system and how it works with animals and helps animals. And one day he hopes to practice that um, when we, uh, hopefully everything, I guess once it becomes federally legal, they can't do anything. You'll be fine. Then there's, there'll be no DEA that messes with, I guess when they take it off of as, as a schedule one, is that what you said? And yeah, then, exactly. and then you could. Like my um, DEA license covers schedule two narcotics down. So the fact that, um, it, it's risky to, and as we all know, the a full spectrum product, no doubt, with with um, THC in the background, whether it is THCA or it's THC that's been already been decarboxylated, we know that it's at a higher concentration and it helps metabolically with what cannabis does. But for now, the the THC is the way in which I think a veterinarian could become at most risk, unfortunately, for now. Not that that's not going to change, right? And we're, and we're hoping we're, it's kind of like, it's good. I feel like um, it not being federally legal allows a little, these little businesses like our, us who are doing it right to actually grow before the big guys come in and gobble everybody up or take over. But um, at the same time, the fact that um, he understands how the medicine works and is not allowed to talk about it or recommend it. Um, to his patients is ridiculous. And I can't even imagine the frustration. Um, so we love that he is at least here to educate and be a voice so that us as pet parents aren't scared um, because a lot of our vets don't know about the medicine. They weren't taught about the endocannabinoid system. So they don't know. Um, they have to go out on their own and learn. It's not like it's a you know, an elective in vet school that you get to learn about cannabis medicine. That doesn't happen. Absolutely. Um, You get no access to it at all. Um, So, you know, I've been invited by students, vet students to come talk at their school during their lunch hour, which they're allowed to bring in speakers. But, you know, that was the students, which was awesome. It's one of the best experiences ever. But that's what has to happen is that we have to educate ourselves as pet parents, vet students have to go out and go, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. How am I doing good by doing this? There's got to be a better way. Oh, wait, there's a natural something. Let me see that. So um, we love those vets and we always feature those types of vets, which Dr. Zach is definitely one of those. Um, And we what I love today, what we want to talk about today is basically uh, prescription meds. There are definitely a use and purpose for most of them. And um, I love what we're going to talk about because it's going to be like vet versus pet parent. And <laughs> you know what? You can play the typical vet and I'll play the typical pet parent um, because, you know, 
I know that you guys abuse them. So we're going to talk about um, the one that we hate the most, and um, that's Apoquil. And what's funny is when you heard me say that, you were like, what? I love Apoquil. Yeah. And I was like, what? I, I know. It's, oh my it gosh. Was, it's like, like, this is not going to work. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Let's call the whole thing off. Are you kidding me? <laughs> dun, 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 dun. And it was just like we did in our video, Apoquil versus CBD. Um, but then we communicated. That's right. We had an open communication and we learned from each other. And I want to share what we learned because it was freaking beautiful. And that is that you describe how Apoquil is should be used and how you have been given, you know, prescribed it to patients that need it. Yeah, correct. So in and it really is the best example of in general what Western pharmacology wants, which is one drug for one solution. And when you take into account what Apoquil does in the short term, it does stop your body from creating a itchy response and it does it very quickly. And that is where the medicine was meant to act is right now very quickly. And then once that happens, then we find the solution. What is going on? Why is this animal? Dun, dun, dun. It's, it's, it's a, it's a medication that was used for short-term reactivity. And then that's it. It's not a lifelong medication just because something can be given lifelong or long-term that doesn't mean it should. And so Abacol is a great example of a medication that for me as a veterinarian, I love it because it gave me a solution to help a human feel less bad about their dog having a decreased quality of life. And that's why it was great. And so what's also interesting though, is that I have never been in a situation where I um, had to treat dogs for their entire life for itchy skin. Um, and if my, in my in my brain, the way I thought about it was like, why is this dog always itchy? But I know that in a lot of situations, it's hard to find that solution. So these dogs then end up on Apicol for life. And that is where we're going to cause problems because the way in which Apicol works, it's trying to um, intercept your normal metabolism. And your body is not one problem, one solution, like it can be in the short term. It is a machine. And all the play interplay is working and all the little systems are working. And that's why something that's so great for one reason can be so bad and different reason. And we're finding that out slowly right now with Apoquil. And we are finding that in other medications that we've seen for years though. Kind of like antibiotics. Antibiotics is a great example, right? If you are on some antibiotic for the rest of your life, you are at risk for resistance for that type. And then sometimes that can be lethal. Right. NSAIDs is another one. NSAIDs, you know, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. Anyone who has, like I said before, was at a soccer game, played really hard that night, their ankle is swollen. They're like, ah, oh, you know, it just hurts. What do you do? You take an NSAID to maybe help you in the short term, relieve the inflammation. And then for a week, you soak it. You, you don't use it as much. You find a way to get around it. And then if you really have a condition underlying, you attack that condition. To put a Band-Aid on it forever is not the solution because long-term NSAIDs have the repercussions. It's the same for dogs. We don't want them to be on NSAIDs their entire life. Is it a last resort solution for some dogs? Because that's all we have right now? It is. And that's the animals that we're seeing, unfortunately. Maybe the risk versus reward is, is less ideal. So this is beautiful information, A, because um, it's the first time that I've ever heard a vet tell me how Apical is supposed to work and be used. So thank you very much for yeah. that. 
Um, but the other amazing thing about it is, um, A, you can go to CBD first before you have to go to Apoquil. Um, he can't say it. that. He's not saying that. I'm saying that. I didn't say nothing. Um, we've actually had lots of dogs. Um, and it was funny. Every time that I yelled at someone about their dog being on Apoquil, they were using it long term. They were not using it short term. They were using it as the, the thing that resolved the itching. Um, so I didn't even know that that's how it was supposed to be used. So I would say that most people are probably abusing it anyway, and that is damaging your dog. The other thing that I found is pet parents keeping bottles. So in case there's another flare-up or the dog has another flare-up or one of their other dogs has a flare-up, and that just, that just isn't good. Just don't do that. Let's figure out what the flare-up is. Um, I know pet parents sometimes even learn by going raw or going freeze-dried or going uh, dehydrated that could change everything and get rid of the itchies. So looking at the diet and then a lot of times what they happen, what happens is the diet changes, everything's going great, we get lazy, we start throwing in the kibble again and then they get inflammation and then we dig out the apoquil because their itching is driving us crazy. So we as pet parents, when we do turn to these medications, we need to remember not to abuse them because there will, there will be repercussions. And, you know, Apoquil is a great example, but let's talk about antibiotics. Antibiotics for us and for um, our animals screws up the gut biome where our immune systems live like nothing else. And, you know, we're, you know, we're in COVID still and it's things like this that change everything and a dog and a human's immune system isn't even capable of fighting off something because it's been fed antibiotics its whole life and it's not something that should be used on a regular basis. Is, are you seeing abuse of antibiotics in the vet space? It's a, the perfect analogy for where we're getting with Apoquil. You know, we, an antibiotic is meant to treat an infection. And if you have an infection that is there for a certain amount of time, like a normal infection would be, then sure, great, it works. Five to seven days, maybe 14, the longest maybe a month if it's an infection in a hard-to-reach place, such as a joint or something of that nature, in cold water. But beyond that measure, there is an anatomical or physiological reason in the highest majority of cases as to why a creature would continue to be getting infections over and over and over again. And that is the solution. It it's not that we put a Band-Aid over it all the time and try to just suppress it. We need to find the solution to what's going on, the preventative and regenerative approach. How are we going to rejuvenate this animal to live homeostatically normal again versus put a Band-Aid on it and put another Band-Aid on it and then put another Band-Aid on it? No, we need to find the solution. And then once we do that, then we can attack that and we can solve the problem. So this is great. So, uh, is this the way that it should be? Is this the way that you're taught? And mm -hmm. if so... Why are so few people, so few doctors like that? Because books is not reality. And when you see a client come in multiple times, multiple times, and they're frustrated because their animal's quality of life is doing poorly, you know, it's easy to say, all right, just take double the length or triple the length or just stay on that medication. And the client's happy, the animal in the short term is happy, but what are we doing long term to really influence that animal's global health? And, so, yeah. and I get it. I get it. There's a percentage of people who just want 
stop. And then there's a big percentage and a growing percentage. Must, yeah, growing tremendously. Of us who um, don't want that. Right. And that is, in my opinion, our responsibility as pet parents to say, is there something else? Is there a more holistic approach? I don't want those drugs. I don't want to give a medication. And that's when you'll, I don't know about you, but you'll probably go, hmm, great, good. This is what I'm going to tell you. Um, And then you have to listen and you have to do it. I mean, I still have people who, you know, start it and then stop. I think they always stop. What's so funny is that they'll stop the CBD to see what happens and whatever it is comes back slowly, but surely it's usually an anxiety issue or an old age issue. Like, you know, the old cat won't come down the stairs, whether the old cat doesn't feel like being social or the old cat is feeling pain when he's going down the stairs or when he gets the full spectrum, he's not, but you, there's no denying it, but know that that's an all natural um, whole plant, flower, medicine, essential oils that they're getting in and that's feeding their body. It's not suppressing anything. It's not turning anything off. It's turning things on. Um, So that's what, that's why we love cannabis medicine so much um, is because it is an all natural thing that exists and grows. And when you um, take that flower and squeeze it and take those oils, it does amazing things for just about everything. It's a dog's life. We'll be back once we take our sponsors out for a short walk. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Vampire, a show dedicated to exploring the many potential therapeutic uses of the cannabis plant. Once a cornerstone of healing and now making a heroic comeback, cannabis has the potential to promote health and well-being, bring the body back to homostasis, and foster recovery for a healthier way of living. Empire focuses on a diverse range of serious health issues, presenting views ranging from those of patients and their loved ones through those of researchers and medical professionals. Welcome to Empire. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. 
stop barking up the wrong tree. We're back with more of It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. All right, we're back, and we we're trying to see what our best side is for those of you that are. I know the lighting here. Watching, accenting the the facial features are just being <laughs> downgraded by this app, this lighting. I just, Did you know that Zoom actually has a has a filter on us right now? No. Yeah. So, you know, I I've do been most things. My whole life, so I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> I, I, so Zoom filters and I didn't know that and then we get on Facebook and I'm like oh <laughs> and then Carter goes yeah you missed that zoom filter don't you and I'm like what so it gives you like a false looks so bad I'm glowing today but really I'm not do. even looking at it. I'm gonna look at the little green light yeah. and I'm gonna look at you <laughs> you light you light reading comments anyway we're back with Dr. Zach um and it's it's I feel like this segment should be called um, what it would be like if you could sit down with your vet and have a conversation about everything. I mean, literally. Well, that's where we're going with this, right? right. We're going to be establishing a way Why for people to finally way? do this. Well, we have to we have to be the pioneers. We have to show what it's like to have an engaging conversation that's mutual, and that is just the epitome of what it means to communicate. When the overall goal, what's the end goal, is to make this creature that is in both of our hands happy and healthy. So, how do we? You know, relationships are hard. So. I know I broke up with my, why I broke up with my vet and she practiced East West, which I loved, you know, that she practiced in both, but you know, West, uh, she made a lot more money and the East kind of fell to the side. Um, but we couldn't communicate, but I, we couldn't communicate anymore because of my background and cannabis. And, um, she didn't necessarily believe in it. And then I found out she gave her dog Valium. And that was just like against what I believed in. And um, and then a bunch of other things happened. But we broke up and I don't have um, a holistic vet near me. I have a chiropractic vet who's a holistic vet who's mobile. So if there's something that I don't know or whatever, but now I have people like you that I literally you know, call on the phone and go, Hey, I'm going to do this. And yes, do that, whatever. So I'm very lucky now to have that. But, um, it's, you got to be able to talk to your damn vet. You got to be able to, to have an honest conversation because if you don't, then move on and find someone you can. I have been to vets. I've watched so many people do it, be bullied into medications, bullied into tests, um, bullied into vaccinations, and, um, I mean, I've come home and opened a bag with pills in it. And I'm like, what the, what, what the hell is this? I didn't, they didn't even tell me much less. I have no idea what's in the bag. So, um, that needs to stop, but we also need to, you know, find the vet that we can have a good relationship with. I know that one thing we wish we could do is, um, be able to do a zoom call with our favorite vet that lives in another state, um, you know, where we could do telemedicine. Do you think that will ever happen? Well, I'm trying to change that right now. Actually, I uh, have recently launched during the COVID period, which was a perfect opportunity to show the value of it. I launched a big company called Valvet, and I was 
quite overwhelmed and inundated by how many people jumped on and I did almost minimal marketing except for a little bit of Instagram and 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 then would you know present it to the hospitals I was traveling to and I really did I was I was curious as to how this hadn't taken off and then I realized in general had taken off mine was kind of going a little faster and then I realized again that the telehealth environment is literally in the same position right now as the cannabis environment there is a little there are a lot of gray zones that are intimidating and there are a couple of key buzzwords that make the law maybe a little bit more robust than it really is. And so, of course, that's important to follow law and to follow rule. But in between the cracks of what is written, there's a lot of gray zone that can be implemented to help pet parents from the beginning to the end of their pet's lives to empower them because that's really what telemedicine does is empowers people at their own home and their own environment to take advantage of the opportunity to discuss and to have a communication and to have a relationship that is far and wide. And then when appropriate, implement brick and mortar medicine into that. And that's really where I'm, where I'm looking to bring my, my, my uh, telehealth website and my company in general is that there's going to be different tiers and levels of what is um, available to, to um, pet parents at home. And so that's really going to, in my mind, do exactly what we're doing right now, which is to start with transparent information and communication and then elevate the empowerment of the pet parent, which in my opinion, again, as a doctor, the pet parent has an insane amount of power to take responsibility and advantage of the plethora of information and then target and use what is applicable to the situation at hand. Awesome. Um, I don't know about you, but I, you know, even imagining how it was before I got into this industry and, you know, had the relationships with the wonderful vets that I do, um, I think back of how it was when I didn't have that. And to know that I could actually have book a, an appointment over Zoom, just like this that we're doing with the with Literally the podcast, exactly. this would be it. and say, um, you know, get to make an appointment with my favorite vet that I follow and trust and believe and whatever is to me, you know, would be awesome. Um, so I'm sure that I'm not the only one that feels that way because we talk about that percentage of the people that just want the pill, and then there's the growing percentage of us who are like, no, we want our dogs to live to 20, 25 years old right. and be healthy and happy and pain free. Um, everybody wants that. Right. So it's a, I can't, I hope that we get there. Um, and we talk about how ridiculous it is in the cannabis world where um, right now I can do that to get my MJ card, MJ medical marijuana card here in Florida is do a Zoom call with the doctor and, you know, go, yeah. but we can't do that for our pets. So it's kind of crazy and ridiculous. and. I can't tell you how many times, you know, we have people that we're talking to and we, um, they want a vet, they're trying to find a vet. And so we tell them to go to the age VMA to find a, um, holistic vet. Mm. And of course there isn't one in their area mm. uh, here in Florida. I'm here in Tampa. I'm pretty sure it's happening in Miami too. You know, uh, Banfield is, which is owned by Perina, I believe is buying up all of the private practices around us. Um, here in the Tampa area, we literally have Banfield, and then there's another private practice that is buying up 
all the practice that's kind of doing the same thing. So you're like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Yeah, it's, it's a war zone right now. Really What's going to happen? Where am I going to be able to go? And then Banfield's got everybody on the medical plan, which, you know, over vaccinates, over medicates, over all of the, the flea and tick, all that. Yeah. And it's such a deal. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. So it's, um, it's hard. I, it's hard to find. It's hard to find a vet that has gone out and learned more than what you were taught in school. Yeah. Learning is lifelong. So lifelong. It should be. And, 100%. um, you know, it's, I think that's the biggest difference is, you know, what are some of the things that you have gone out and outside of, you know, finishing vet school, what you went outside and learned on your own? Yeah. So I, I, actually what we brought up before, I think that um, chronic degenerative irreversible conditions that are progressive to me are the most frustrating, both now that I've seen them in the emergency environment, because I work mostly emergency, but then also in the general practitioner that is grasping for straws to try and make this animal feel a quality of life that they can for as long as possible. And I've been in both of those situations and I, I feel the pain. I really do. And at the same time, obviously as a, as an animal lover, I feel the pain on the other side. I've had pets since I was um, zero. And so, you know, I, I get it. Like it's, it's not easy, but, and, and what we can do a lot is just anthropomorphize. We can put ourselves in their shoes and we can say, listen, in order to maximize the quality of life, what can we do that the reward is better than the risk? And, you know, and the topic we talked about earlier about use versus abuse, it's important to take into account, but you know, the, um, when it really boils down to it, I was like, all right, how can I complement what I'm doing in brick and mortar medicine? and do that. And, and the whole area of complementary alternative veterinary medicine was just intriguing right away to me, along with the telemedicine. So that's where I really got excited. And cannabis is obviously the best example of, an, of a multimodal complementary alternative veterinary medicine opportunity, but things like soft and, and, and hard tissue manipulation became interesting to me. And so chiropractic work was a little hard to get licensed in. So I started looking into soft tissue manipulation and how much our bodies are every single day have muscle, ligament, and tenderness, pain, and, and, and tenseness, and those are just such easy things to, to treat and or to reduce in their severity. So massage therapy is where I started basically. So cannabis, telemedicine, massage therapy, and, and soft tissue work is where I'm going. And then there is an amazing amount of rehab therapists. There's chiropractic workers out there that I'm going to partner with. I don't know if I have to do everything on my own, but I would love to highlight the fact that, you know, um, quality of life is lifelong. So why don't we have a multimodal approach to making that lifelong as, as high as quality. acupuncture, chiropractic. Yeah. I mean, I've, those have benefited some of my animals so much. They've been benefited me so much. I'll never forget the first time I got acupuncture. I felt like I had taken the best drug ever. I was like, what does this happen all the time? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. All right. We're going to take one more break and we'll be right back. It's a dog's life. We'll be back once we take our sponsors out for a short walk. Fortunate to have Michael Brewer of Brewer and Shipley. Your signature top 10 song, One Toke Over the Line. I've read a couple different versions of, of what the tune's origins are. What's the true story? We were playing a little club in Kansas City. A friend stopped by with some really good hash. We stepped out back and came back in. We're tuning up in the dressing room, and Tom said, Man, I'm really One Toke Over the Line. And I just cracked up. I thought it was hysterical. We literally wrote that song just entertaining ourselves and to make our friends laugh. Sitting downtown in a railway station 
It's time to hem present only on Cannabis Radio. The cannabis industry is evolving at a radical pace, progressing toward the green peak. Each week, join Richard Zwicky, a cannabis visionary and entrepreneur, as he interviews experts from around the globe to discuss updates and evolutions in the world of cannabis. The The Green Green Peak Peak with Richard Zwicky. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say Wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Himping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crap, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Stop barking up the wrong tree. We're back with more of It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. All right, we're back. Um, I'm here with Dr. Zach. And so we kind of, this is our our vet versus pet parent issue. So issue, episode, whatever the hell we're doing. Um, What, so I want some tips. I want some tips from, you know, the ones that don't want the pill, us. You know, what, what are some tips? How should we, how do we, what, what questions can we ask to know that we have found our vet? Well, uh, I think that it's all about the question and answer. It's about the relationship. Like when you're looking for someone who's going to be human versus a robot, right? Um, I've met so many great doctors out there who the way in which they've established an amazing relationship is not by throwing, you know, um, the ways in which the molecules work in your body at them. What it is, is it, is it's a give and take communication and these people show dedication to their veterinarian because they realize that the veterinarian wants the same goal as them, but the veterinarian is also doing their best to show that this is a mutual situation. And so understanding the, the capabilities and the boundaries of what a family can do, um, whether it's your kid or whether it's your pet, what can we do to make sure life is, is healthy and happy. And so it's, you know, you have to give everyone a chance and go in with a clean slate. You, you know, there's always rumors online, there's subjective information, but literally experience for yourself, you know, first impressions are important, but so is longevity. And so give yourself the opportunity to maybe establish something beautiful and don't judge going in. And then also be open yourself to realizing that this person is going to want to give you constructive information and don't take it personally. Say like, all right, well, this is what I was told back in the past, et cetera. Give and take. It's all about you know, no different than any other relationship in this world. It takes work and effort and heart and, you know, a dedication, but um, we, we're, we're social gregarious species. So that's something that we seem to be driven towards establishing. Your veterinarian wants the best for you and for your pet and know that and know that um, it takes a little bit of time and effort to see how much you're going to be able to work together. Um, but that's, that's the best advice I can give going in. Just be open. I am. I always come in, you know, with poop in a bag or puke puke in a bag. We love poop in a bag. (laughs) um, Or video, 
or pictures, you know, if it's a, is this a seizure, you know, those types of things. Do you like those types of things? Yeah, that's fantastic. Okay, and that's that, I mean, honestly, that stems into what we talked about before with the telehealth is that that will allow a veterinarian like me to come into your environment of your home where animals are less stressed, where episodes occur, where you both at home, meaning you and the pet are seeing the everyday friction of why life is not 100% happy and healthy. And so, but yes, we, the, the more you can bring the environment to us and the evidence to us, then we can say, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, let's try this approach then. Versus if it's an episode you saw two weeks ago and you're like, I don't know what's going on. And you're like, fix it. I don't want to happen again. We're like, I don't know what to do. Like, it sounds like something, but you know, I, I can't, I can't imagine what it feels like as a pet right. parent for us to say, all right, just monitor. Right. You know, that's going to be like, what? You're not going to do anything. But so it's monitor before we, you know, we're videotaping everything nowadays. <laughs> do are. it. Literally, I always, people will write me or I have a consultation with them and they'll say, my dog's lump on his leg. And I'm like, could you send me a picture? Yeah. Could you send me a video? Because yeah. I can look at it now and go, oh, okay. I know it's going to work. I know what kind this is because I've seen so many. And if I don't, then I'm going to send it to one of my vet friends so that they can do it or confirm. Because, um, yeah, a picture and a video says everything. Someone else sent me a um, dog having a focal seizure, which looks very bizarre. You don't think it. A lot of times it's just looking up or licking the air um, or looks like a sneeze or they're trying to get something out of their throat. So being able to go here what do you think this is? And me go, I think that's a focal seizure. And then be able to send it to a vet that goes, yep, that's a focal seizure. So be sure to take pictures, journal, especially when you start using a natural medicine, like a full spectrum product, and you do switch your dog over to a raw freeze dried um, diet that you can keep track. Because even when you do that, you have to know that some proteins may cause an allergic reaction or the dog doesn't agree with. So Keeping track and bringing in that journal, oh my God, to your vet, would you die if someone came in and was like, I've been journaling about my dog. Um, I've had him on this and this is what, would you like lose your mind? I, I would, you be like, I would love yes! it. I'd be like, like, this is amazing. You win like, best I know pet parent award of the year. Because I really do. I tell, and it's funny because I, I, like I said, I work emergency most of the time. But when I'm, when I tell a pet parent that comes in through like one problem and I'm like, no, you should journal it and, you know, bring it into your vet, make sure everything, you know, keep a log, keep a diary at home. And, and, you know, again, I, I always try to put myself in the pet place and then all in the pet parent. And I'm like, this was me. And now I'm at home. I am in, I'm in power. Like the veterinarian is not going to follow you home unless you have telemedicine now, which I'm trying to help grow. And, um, you know, you as the pet parent are super powerful. Yeah. Take advantage of that power. Take advantage of responsibility that you have this this creature's life in your hands. And you can make amazing decisions as a pet parent and you can document and you can say when you are at a point where you're like, I'm not sure what's going on, then that's when the veterinary needs to step up and be there for you. Which is exactly how I've become so confident is that because a vet said to me, you know what you're doing keep doing, you know what you're doing. You're, it was like a cheerleader. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me because I was, I'm not a vet. So I, it, I knew what to do and I was practicing it, but I was so nervous that I was going to it up and I didn't, and I haven't, and I've had nothing but amazing success with treating animals from everything you can imagine, um, with full spectrum medicine. And, you know, I always like to close the show with saying, 
everyone, every senior parent person, every senior pet should be on a full spectrum. Um, how do they get to follow you? I mean, he's going to be on all of our stuff all the time. He lives very close, so he'll be dragged up here. We, <laughs> we have to put a sack over his head and throw him in a van and drive him up here. But the where can Miami they follow Tampa you? Not about that. So, yeah, no. um, but uh, but so yeah. So the like I said, the telehealth is the thing that I've been pushing tremendously right now with cannabis. Uh, we're going to discuss and we're going to educate as much as possible. Um, and then we're going to find ways that we can maybe start to integrate veterinary. So, but when it comes to the telehealth, what I've done again is study rigorously what can be done and what can't be done. And the ways in which we can expand and grow is what we're taking advantage. So long story short, Valid Vet is the name of the company that I've started right now. It's both a B2C and B2B kind of setup. So we're going to be wanting to partner with with veterinarians that are already set up B2B. And then we're going to obviously empower the pet parent at home, which is the B2C. So we are, well, I am and my team, we have an amazing team of people that have been in the industry for years. We're dedicated to making sure that this is something that the market accepts. We want the pet parent community to accept it and whatever it takes to make sure that it's accepting of there and also complements what veterinarians are doing in the brick and mortar setting. That's the goal, to make sure pet parents are empowered and to make sure that veterinarians do not see this as antagonism. This is not a competition. This is me trying to create a connected care global medicine approach. And so, because not all problems happen between nine and five or eight and five and during the day, yeah, which is sure. we, we do have. It's so funny because one of my favorite vets is an emergency vet. And I'm like, what do you mean I can't go to you in the daytime? Um, but it's imagine being able to, um, you know, get in touch with someone, even if it's by text, because you've established a relationship that says, oh, my gosh, you know, Molly just pooped purple poop. And, you know, nope, that's okay. It's a side effect from the, you know, whatever it is. Um, I know that it's something that the pet parents who care like we would, like I do, would love to have. So yeah. keep up the good work. And yeah. I hope it's something we get to see in the future. Yeah. The The website is validvet.org. And the emails that are sent there, I get every single one personally. Awesome. There's a call center, there's a text center. And then obviously the most of the consults, if every consult possible is done virtually. So that you're with me, I'm with you. And then the team that I'm growing, other veterinarians that are coming on board very quickly, and you'll be able to talk to them Awesome, awesome. Thank you, Dr. Zach. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.